You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into a late night edition of the Illini Enquirer podcast. As yes, the Illinois basketball class is growing and uh, it doubles today as RJ Melendez, Ramsey Melendez goes by RJ, four star wing, uh, commits to Illinois in the class of 2021. Not a shocker. But uh, he is the second commitment in the class of 21, joining four-star wing Luke Goody. Melendez is ranked the number 97 overall prospect in the composite rankings. That's lifted a little bit by ESPN's rankings. And I know how Derek and I feel sometimes about the ESPN rankings, but he's number 65 there. Rivals with him at number 145. I think they're a little bit better at it. And I think we have the best at it, of course. But 24-7 ranks him right outside the top 150. With that commitment, Illinois goes from 82 in the national rankings to 46, from 11 in the Big Ten to number 9. But Derek Piper with me tonight. How you doing, Derek? I'm doing all right, man. I'm, I'm falling out a little bit. I was shoveling <laughs> some snow and... Your part, the parking lot apartment complex, uh, the fiance got stuck coming home from the hospital. Uh, my ears are still a little red, but um, good. Here to talk some hoops. Yeah, warming you up with a little hoops talk before we go to bed <laughs> tonight. Uh, let's just get down to it, Derek. Uh, what kind of player is Illinois getting in Ramsey's Melendez? They really prioritize with this wing pursuit. They wanted to add length for sure, shot making ability, athleticism, uh, and we're going to take some different pieces to really accomplish those. But uh, with RJ, you get, he checks all those boxes and he's six foot seven. Uh, he's explosive off the floor. You, you watch his highlight tape and he has some pretty impressive dunks. He can definitely get up there and, and finish above the rim. I think he'll get even more explosive as he starts to lift weights and, and get with Adam Fletcher. Uh, he is pretty long and lanky and you like his length. You want to put some strength on there and, uh, that's something that he's going to have to adjust to as he gets to the Big Ten level. And it'll take a little bit of time, um, being it doesn't seem like he spent a whole lot of time, uh, you know, at that, in that area and, and kind of developing physically. But uh, he's got some skills for sure. He, he can take the ball to the basket, in particular, push it in transition in the open floor uh, with his long legs, can really get up and down. And I think he'll – he likes to play the fast pace, and that's one thing that really stood out to Illinois about just the transition game and – whether he's got the ball or he's on the wing running up and Curbelo's pushing in or, or one of Illinois' uh, guards, you know, that's something that he can be pretty good at. So, um, And I think his, his IQ as well, his IQ and his passing, he does some things off the ball with his cuts and stuff that uh, they, they like for sure. And uh, you, you talk to some staff members and you hear Francisco Garcia is a name that, that's come up. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Caribbean flair and, and what they're tapping into. But I think fans would be OK if, if he kind of built into that. So uh, a nice addition and pairs with Luke Goody pretty well and doesn't sound like they're done hunting wings either. I feel like, Derek, if Illinois, uh, if 24-7 or if Rivals thought Melendez was Francisco Garcia, he might rank a little higher. So <laughs> so what are the questions about Melendez of why, outside of ESPN, he's he's not a top 75 guy? Yeah, I think consistency game to game when, when you talk to some people who have seen him play, and that is a challenge right now. Uh, yeah. I think that 
some that are pretty high on him would say, you know, if he would have had a full summer on the AAU circuit to really showcase or have evaluators go out and see him. He has played on the grind session here. Uh, so he's played a lot of basketball, played some good competition here as a senior and also as a as a junior. But uh, consistency, his three-point shot has been fleeting a little bit throughout his career, and he has become more consistent with it. I know as a junior, shot 40% from three. Sounds like he shot it pretty darn well this past year as well. So, um, And then also, yeah, physicality, being able to handle that uh, defensive consistency and being able to, to do some things there that – you know, just being sound and solid and, and continuing to improve. So uh, he's still got some area of his areas of his game that are raw, especially in comparison to a guy like Garcia, who was fantastic at Louisville. So um, style of play, you know, us in comps, we, we got to be really careful with them. But um, yeah, some upside for sure. And, and there's some things to improve, but uh, it's about a skill set and trying to tap into those. The wing pursuits we've we've well chronicled here, Derek, in, in this class of 2021. It didn't go so well to start. They didn't get Jordan Nesbitt, didn't get Brandon Weston, didn't get David Jones when they thought they would, didn't get Isaiah Barnes, who I, they didn't really push for that much early. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, I don't know if he's a wing, but 3-4 kind of guy. Why did Melendez turn into a priority? Uh, I think to play off what you just said, they miss on those guys. Yeah. You throw Brandon Weston in there as well, and – uh, really missed on that, that big swing where they felt good about a number of wings, Goody included, you know, last spring and thought that they could get a combination of Goody, Nesbitt, Jones was probably the ideal combination. And um, to not, not be able to do that, then uh, you bring in a new a new cycle. And this staff has shown in the past that when, when they miss on some of those priority targets, they can then identify and pivot and, and uh, come up with some quality additions. Yeah. It's not necessarily a roll of the dice. This is a guy that had quite a few high major offers and um, someone that's in the composite rankings in the top 100. So um, it's a little bit different than maybe in the past or, or even at the staff's very start where you're taking a Greggy Boyd Bedin or a Matisse Bastille. This is a guy that other high major programs feel can play at this level. So uh, the relationship with Orlando Antigua, the fact that uh, the Puerto Rican connection, this is really the Antigua was special, and, and he, he really did a very good job of, of building that relationship, knowing people around him, uh, and Curbelo, too. Uh, those guys haven't played together before, but they're pre- Puerto Rican national team products, and I've, I've talked to RJ, and, and he really likes the idea of playing with Andre. So, uh, again, they've really put a value on becoming a longer team. It's been a team that's been – Fairly short, one through four here recently. Uh, of course, you're, you're not counting Kofi there at the five, and uh, they'd like to, in the future, have some more length like some of these opponents that they've played. Derek, I was trying to look for like a historical comp um, for Illinois, and the one that like fit in the rankings kind of fit in the not totally style of play because Melendez has a better offer list than this guy, but the guy I kept coming back to was Calvin Brock. And and I, I know Calvin didn't have an awesome career, uh, but ended up being a, a starter at times for Illinois. Averaged like seven points and a couple of five rebounds per game for Illinois at one point. Um, but like the fact that 
I feel like there's not a ton of excitement for this Melendez commitment, right? Like it's good. I think people are interested in it. They're interested in getting to know him, which is why we're doing this pod. But like, if that's your floor of guys you're getting now, like where that's like, Oh, okay. That's a solid get. Like that's a bottom of the class guy or bottom of the roster guy. That's a huge improvement um, for, for Illinois. The fact that a guy right outside the one fifty, like even for Brad Underwood's first years, he's got to add guys to develop like Georgie. And, and you mentioned a boy, Bodine's, stuff like that you mentioned they find other guys and they have connections to other guys like they miss on guys it's not like they're going to number 300 in the class anymore yeah and that's pretty impressive uh when melinda's has offers from alabama florida lsu oklahoma state vatek and there were some of those programs not all of them were really pushing for him down the stretch but uh again for for a guy that has that kind of upside that's been recognized by those high major programs and, and to be able to to feel pretty good that he can come into Illinois and, and belong. Uh, now there's he's going to have to develop. He's going to have to continue to to tap into uh, the upside pieces that Illinois has recognized. And, yeah, I mean, a Calvin Brock, as far as athleticism, that he can bring some athletic pop and uh, maybe he doesn't lead you in scoring. Maybe he doesn't even average, you know, double digit uh, per game. But uh, being someone that you can – add to the mix and be intrigued with and try to develop and, and not necessarily even push him to play a whole lot early. I think that's something that else, else that you kind of look at. But like you said, there was a while there where after you offer, you wonder, is this guy going to ultimately be a take? You, you know, the relationships there, you know, the reasons why, you know, Illinois makes sense for him. Uh, would Illinois ultimately press the gas at the end? And they did end up doing that. And uh, it sounds like they will go with, you get two wings with Melendez and Goody, maybe get another one and, Brandon Podzimski, it's not going to be easy. You have Kansas, Kentucky in there. And, and then try to get maybe three wings and then one guard and a Namari Burnett or a Jalen Blakes. Yeah, I want to, I want to dive into that. And by the way, like I, I don't know if the comp for Calvin Brock works. Like I, I haven't seen Melendez. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people have. It's why we have Derek on. It's why we rely on some of our scouts. But I was just looking at like type of player, height, weight, you know, where he ranked. Melendez certainly had a better offer list than, than Brock had uh, when he was a high school player. I, I look at roster construction, Derek, and you mentioned it. Um, they're getting bigger, and they have been a small team, and I do think that's a problem, and I do think it could play a problem later on in the year. I think it was a problem against Ohio State, right? Uh, it could be a problem against Michigan uh, if they match up with that team. And in Iowa, they're just more athletic than and have speed. I think that's where they help themselves. But Iowa's a much longer team as well. Um, but I doubt he'll play much, as you said, next year. Looking ahead to like 23, you'd have a junior Andre Corbello, maybe a junior Adam Miller, um, junior Coleman Hawkins, sophomore Luke Goody, sophomore RJ Melendez. We don't know who that other league guard yet will be, Namari Burnett, Jalen Blakes. We don't know who that transfer big yet will be. But what do you think Melendez's role can be on that team with Curbelo, Miller, Coleman Hawkins, Goody, um, and, and add transfer big, add whoever league guard you have? Yeah, I think he can be a role player playing at the three. He's probably not going to play a whole lot at the four, at least based on how you kind of see his physical makeup right now. You talk to the staff, and they do view Luke Goody as someone that who could play the four in spots. Now, as you mentioned, they have the ability to play bigger lineups, and it will be interesting without a presence like Kofi, which Illinois is going to have to get used to, whether it's going to be next year or the year after that. 
Um, maybe you're relying more on your wings for rebounding and, and or your foreman or whatever it may be just to have more size or be able to contest at the rim uh, when you don't have you know baby Shaq sitting down there in the paint to, by, to be by able the to way deal. just the thought of junior year Kofi is terrifying oh <laughs> I, I mean it gosh. could happen like I, I he's 21 I, I I think can he get any better for his draft stock maybe I mean I didn't know if Io could that much and I think Io is um maybe but like there's a thought that he could come back and that would just be terrifying anyway continue Derek. <laughs> right absolutely uh but yeah someone you can put on the on the wing and allow him to make shots uh, around Curbelo and that's really what they're building is have Curbelo with the ball and be able to penetrate and kick out and, and just be surrounded by guys that have size that can shoot the ball and Coleman Hawkins is going to play a lot here in the future and, and his ability as he he flashed there with the three at Nebraska. There's a lot more in there for him to be able to make shots and, and even put the ball in his hands and allow him to facilitate or, or do some things. He's a great passer. So uh, just having that length and defensively, uh, I mean, you got length doesn't always translate into good defenses. You mentioned Iowa there, but uh, it, it does allow you help you uh, defend on the perimeter, get a hand up and, and affect some shooters who – as Illinois has seen, when you put some length in their face, it can be tough to make shots. Yeah, I'm looking at that roster, Derek, and outside of Curbelo, um, I, and he could get better, obviously. I, I think of what that group can do defensively. I, I think Coleman could be really good um, defensively. I mean, rim protector, I think he's a four, but like he could block a lot of shots there. He's got great length and versatility to stick with guards. I think Adam Miller could be a lockdown guy uh, defensively. Um, you know, Goody, we'll see, but Melendez, hopefully he – yeah, I think he's got the body to do it and, and enough quickness to do it. Um, and then you add a rim runner. Like Kofi's Kofi's kind of a rim runner, but not really. Like if you if you find your Mac ETN kind of player, that defense could be scary uh, and, and really versatile with what they do. All right, Derek. So let's move on to the other targets we have left in this class. Nabari Burnett, the All American McDonald's All American, sitting in the transfer portal and. I think he's he's comfortable just sitting, which he should be. I mean, he's he's got options, but also you have a high school target in Jalen Blakes, who's a tough guard, somebody that can definitely be in that next round of, of primary ball handlers. So it feels like there's one spot. So how does the staff kind of approach this? Yeah, and I know that fans have all the angst about holding out for one and the other one not happening and uh, understandably so, because Jalen Blakes, you watch his tape, you you hear, you, you read his quotes and, and just kind of find out more and more about him. And he's a really tough kid. Uh, he's high IQ, you know, high, um, high academic type of guy. And um, I mentioned it before, kind of has some Andres Felice traits to him. Uh, New Jersey tough and uh, he can ball. He, he's about winning. He's won a lot of games in high school. And I think that he can, you're ultimately going to need another ball handler. It's going to be challenging. Uh, you would think to to sell one on playing behind Curbelo, but it seems like Illinois has gotten good feedback out of Blake's who maybe uh, could play with Curbelo a little bit. I mean, we've seen multiple point guards work together, but to to spot him and and that would be a nice addition. Namari Burnett, I mean, he was a really high priority guy uh, in, in the 2020 class and McDonald's All-American. I mean, they, they absolutely love him. So to, to be able to get, Another shot at him, and I know he struggled in his 12 games or whatever it was at Texas Tech, but uh, you think about having him develop and, and settle into a role at Illinois, and I think he's a great fit, and, and it's hard not to fall in love with that. It's hard not to wait that thing out because right. 
uh, they've gotten really good feedback. They've gotten really good feedback from Damari. And I think the, the better that IO or the more that IO continues to play at an incredible level, uh, that, that improves their sell more and more. And uh, there's an opportunity for Damari to come in to pair with Kerbella, to pair with Miller, uh, a guy in Miller that he's played with before, guy in Hawkins he's played with before and, and have a lot of success. It's kind of like an Adam Miller situation last year, right? Like he, he can wait, he can, he can be patient. He's got that kind of option, but he's the kind of guy that probably is worth waiting for. Right. I mean that there's, I think we've had the transfer rankings out and I think ESPN had him two or three on, on those rankings. So uh, if you can add that guy for multiple years, um, that's a guy that's probably worth waiting for, but Jalen Blakes doesn't seem in a rush yet. So that might be the, good thing there right Derek is because if if Jalen Blake's called up tomorrow that's when you have this huge theoretical conversation we're having uh but if he waits and then Namari's good in in March or, or April then it, it seems like a pretty easy decision yeah absolutely and with Jalen it sounds like he's looking early spring now one thing you could say is he's planning on that but if you were Illinois and you could press him and, and try to get him earlier maybe Maybe in the spring, Texas is is all in on him. And they've, they've been pretty active, and DePaul's been active. I know Hunter Lionel fans just threw up on the floor. Um, but, uh, you got Stanford as well uh, and Yale and, like I said, some, some high academic schools. But, um, yeah, right now, as long as he's not feeling disrespected or slighted by Illinois, not – I'm not saying they're not, you know, pushing hard for him because I think they are, and Chen Coleman's developed a really good relationship there. But um, – as long as they're, you know, they're not sitting there maybe pressing him and, and saying we need an answer right now, which in another circumstance, maybe you are. Yeah. But uh, with Namari, he can wait at Texas Tech. I don't know if he got wronged or anything, but he, he signed early. They got M- Matt McClung in the transfer portal in the spring, and they got Jamarius Burden from Wichita State. And some, the dynamic changed a little bit, and then he struggled, and, and that ultimately wasn't a fit for him. So, uh, But Namari still taking classes at Texas Tech. He can wait. I understand why he'd want to. Uh, the one thing you just worry about is as time gone, goes on, things can change. And uh, there's some other good programs like in Alabama that was involved yeah. with him throughout the recruitment. So uh, that's something you worry about. But if you're Illinois right now, you're in a good spot. You just hope that that continues. You don't lose momentum. And if you do, you hope you get tipped off on that or able to really press it on Blake's. That's the thing. You got to have the info, right? You got you to be able to read these and, and have the, the right reads on these. And really, that's information from people that you trust. All right. Um, Brandon Podzemski. Uh, I mean, he is he's a bucket getter. And, and he's putting up huge numbers in Wisconsin. As you said, the the traditional blue bloods are, are in on him. So, um what, what do you just read from that? I mean, he's a kid who really keeps pretty quiet about this whole process, it seems. Yeah, he really does. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how Kansas and Kentucky approach the recruitment as it gets down close to closing time. We know that those programs in particular, Duke and, and Coach Cal, don't maybe have to work as hard as in Illinois and as far as building the relationship and, and keeping up and, and making sure you're at the top because – uh, when you're Kentucky, you usually can close when you when you want to. So uh, it'll be interesting to see with, with Kentucky. I think Kansas, you can sell against that. They haven't recruited at their traditional level and, and the whole NCAA investigation and all that coming forward. I, I don't know if it'll steer Brandon away, but I think that's something that Illinois could use or any competition could use against them. So, um, yeah, well, Illinois has done a really good job. They've shown him a lot of love. They built a relationship. They've had a lot of Zoom calls with him and, um, but as you mentioned, he has not tipped his hand a whole lot. He's going to cut his list here 
at the end of the month and and is another spring decision and as of now he's just putting up a ton of points he's I know he's not playing the highest level of competition up there in Wisconsin but the dude can flat out score lefty really can shoot it can do some things off the dribble and uh, someone's going to be really happy to get that guy. This hero is Tyler Hero, right? So I, I could right. use some swag like that on my team. Uh, I was just thinking this. Uh, Andre Corbello with Adam Miller, Namari Burnett, Luke Goody, Coleman Hawkins. That's 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 a lot of firepower offensively, and a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of space created, and and all you need to that equation is is a guy who can protect the rim and rebound, right? And I think. Yeah, you know, I've asked all the time in my mailbag, Derek, and I'm like, this isn't Derek Piper's mailbag. Ask him. But like, people ask, who's the names? Who's the names? And of course, Illinois is going to hear from people of, oh, this person could enter the transfer portal. I'm not comfortable speculating on those names before a kid enters the transfer portal. Okay, but I would just say this on this pod is that that has to be such a desired scholarship spot, right? Like. You see what they did with Kofi, and this assumes Kofi's gone. If Kofi's back, good Lord, Illinois is going to be back among the best teams in the Big Ten. But if he leaves and goes pro, they saw what they did with Kofi. They see that Curbelo's feeding me lobs at the at the rim. Uh, they see all these shooters, and if you add, you know, Namari Burnett with Adam Miller and Luke Goody and all these guys, that's a that's a very desirable spot. So I have no I have no doubts that they're going to add at least somebody who's going to make an impact because somebody who can make an impact is, is going to want that spot. Yeah. And there's going to be, you, you would think there'd be a number, a handful of, of really good options just based on the flexibility that you have with the one-time transfer and just everything that opens up. So some highly recruited guys some guys that maybe haven't got the opportunities for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. Maybe you're coming from the, I don't know if, you're going to find the fit at the mid-major level, Cameron Crutwig, or <laughs> I, I butchered his name, but that, that's one that's – he's not the rim protector or anything, but he's, he's a darn good player. By the uh, way, I if I grew out my hair, I might have more hair than Cameron Crutwig. <laughs> <laughs> do you have the stash? No, I can't grow that kind of – like those no. are two caterpillars, man, meeting in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing there either, but uh, there's no doubt. When you look at Kofi – Productivity-wise, um, the emphasis on getting the ball to the paint, just uh, how they've developed him with Orlando Antigua, like you mentioned with Curbelo, his, his passing ability, getting the paint and dump it off or throw it up for lobs. Uh, but Kofi was the 12th-ranked center in his class, and now he's an All-American, or he should be an All-American, or, or whatever it may be. Uh, I mean, he's he's been ridiculous. And Adam Fletcher's a big sell, the way he got him into – I mean, Kofi is a big part of that with his commitment and everything he did. With the resources were there for Kofi, and I'm sure Kofi would tell anybody who's next that, hey, this is the best spot for me. The one thing I love about Kofi is there are so many, and I hate to generalize, but there are so many big men that play basketball because they're told to play basketball. And they're good at it because there's not many big men. Um, He gets after it man like he's wants to be great he works at being great and all the things with fletch like fletch has doesn't have to motivate him right and and underwood and antigua don't have to motivate him and underwood can yell at him and he takes it well and i i just i, I can't understate that enough with kofi coburn um speaking of antigua 
I mean, the Caribbean basketball connections with Illinois basketball has been fun to watch. I mean, Andres Felice, Andre Curbelo, Melendez added to the mix, Kofi Coburn from Jamaica, uh, Edgar Padilla from Puerto Rico as well on the roster as a walk-on. Um, I kind of look at this like Gonzaga built its program uh, out of under-recruited guys, but they went over to Europe, right? And it was kind of their money ball. Like you're always looking for some kind of, you know, market inefficiency. And for them, it was going over to Europe and going overseas and they get Hachimura out of Japan and, and they get all these guys. Um, and all of a sudden it just builds and builds and they have this, the greatest reputation. Illinois in the Caribbean, man, like with, with Antigua and his connections to Dominican Republic and now Puerto Rico and Kofi Coburn comes out of Jamaica feels like they're the number one player, like the number one team on lists. And Antigua can talk to them in Spanish, and it's just a comfort level that's got to be there. Uh, it, it's it's interesting, Derek, and it feels like basketball is a game that's really grown there. And I, I just don't think a lot of people talk about it like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I I wish I had the list off the top of my head, just the the, the products that have come from that area. Uh, and we mentioned one in Garcia that, that was pretty darn good. You know, Buddy Heald down in that area as well. I'm sure there are, there are plenty more, but uh, it is an area that, that's pretty talented and it's really, um, Here, I got, one. I got, I got go. some for you. Here we um, go. well, Tim Duncan was us Virgin islands. Patrick okay. Ewing originally from Jamaica. Uh, Al Horford was from the Dominican. Andrew Wiggins from Barbados. Uh, Ronnie Turiaf was from one of those islands down there. Um, let me see. Montanique. I've never even heard of that. Andre Drummond from Jamaica, which is a lot like Kofi. Uh, and Ben Gordon was from Jamaica as well. So there's there's some guys, sure. a little bit of older guys, but they're there. Sure. Yeah. And, and like you said, to kind of have to have the end that Antigua has, the fact that he coached in FIBA, he coached the Dominican national team, um, the connection, just kind of the the feeling of, of being at home when you talk to him as someone that if you come from Puerto Rico, Dominican, I know that Felice would tell you that. Carbello would probably tell you the same thing when they come to the United States. And uh, to be able to have that connection uh, where they can talk in their native language or just have a guy that relates who's from there. I mean, one one of Antigua's parents is from the Dominican, one's from Puerto Rico. He played professionally there. He knows a lot of people there uh, and is able to kind of – he knows when they're coming up. He, he's talked to, uh, you know, the people that are associated with the, the junior national teams and uh, he's just very, very tapped in there. So while we've seen program like Michigan go over and, and get the Wagners or, like you said, Gonzaga over in Europe or, or overseas, and uh, to really self-admit your roster, not feel like you're landlocked in the United States, not feel like you're landlocked to the state of Illinois, which I know that in past recruiting struggles, it's really about it, Ben. Can we get Chicago? If we can't, then we're going to stink. And, and that's not the case uh, with this staff and Antigua deserves a lot of credit for that. No, over definitely. Um, Roy Hibbert is another one from Jamaica as well. Jamaica producing the big man. All right, Derek, overall, I mean, you got two commitments now in this class. How do how you feel about how the 2021 class is, is coming together and, and how you feel like we'll look back at it in, in three or four months when they put a wrap on. I think right now you'd say it's decent. Uh, still work to be done for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you like the way that Luke Goody's played as a senior. That's been very encouraging. He's been on the best team in Indiana. He's played at a pretty high level and uh, he's answered some questions about his shooting or he didn't shoot it as consistently as he wanted to as a junior. And now he's come back and uh, really refined his game. He's at, added to his his body. He, he's really bulked up here, 10, 15 pounds. And, and that's encouraging. So 
uh, to feel like he's a legit top 100, top 125 player. You get Melendez, who's in that top 100, top 150. Uh, those are solid additions. You're still going to be disappointed by Jordan Nesbitt. I mean, that that's one that's really going to eat at you. A David Jones, still going to eat at you some. Uh, I, I think if you were able to get Podzimski and get those three, uh, depending on how they, they pan out, but I think you'd feel pretty darn good, and especially uh, you tip your hat to how the staff bounced back and responded. But uh, I think Amari Burnett could really be one. Because, if, I mean, if you – translate his ranking one class over and say you got a top 25 top 30 kind of player to go with two in that 100 to 125 range you'd be thrilled yeah. right no absolutely and i'm trying i'm trying to think like luke goody um i mean i don't know if he'll be like a top 80 guy right like i, I don't know if he's going to make that leap and talking to some people that still doubt whether he's really a high major guy um i don't think he's going to be stauskas right but Matt McQuaid, like, can he be that player? Can, can he be, I, I'm not going to even say Wies Camp, but if he can be Wies Campion, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> close, to, you know, you know, three quarters of that, that's a, that's a piece they're missing. RJ Melendez is kind of a piece they're missing. So, yeah, I think these are depth pieces. They're, they're role players on this team, but you feel like you do have Curbelo and Miller as the next big guys. I think. Hawkins has a ceiling that's a little bit higher than the guys they got so far uh, in this class. I, I think he can really turn into a really good player as an upperclassman. But yeah, if you add a Burnett to it or a Podzimski to it, that's what you need, right? Is that next go-to guy. And I think Jalen Blakes might have that kind of potential as well, just because he's a lead guard and lead guards make, make that kind of impact. So I think that's what you're missing. And I think to this point in this class, it's a solid class, right? But is it the class that keeps you at the top of the Big Ten? No. It, it isn't that yet because you look at what Michigan's doing. You look at what Ohio State is doing. Um, Mich- Michigan State is having a down year, but look what they're doing in recruiting. They're going to be right back up there. Um, that's what you're dealing with in the Big Ten, Derek. And, and so far, Illinois hasn't quite met that. They didn't land Bryce Hopkins, right? They didn't land who I know you think is, is probably the top guy, Jordan Nesbitt, of these wings. That's what they're missing so far. But they still have a chance to land those guys. Right. And uh, Burnett could be someone that you would view as a, as a future star. I think you would have thought that about Nesbitt definitely would have thought that about a Bryce Hopkins. Uh, I don't know that maybe you're as concerned about the four, maybe, Ho- maybe Hawkins is that guy. I think he definitely could be as time pans out. You would still maybe like to add one more to that mix. Uh, who's just a little bit of a different addition, just a different skill set, some physicality and, yeah. and whatnot that, uh, that could kind of pair well with him. But yeah, you got some role players. You're, you're hoping at least in, in a Luke Goody and a, and a Melendez. You get a, a Namari. You answer the big man in, in the transfer market, which now all of a sudden we got to count that as recruiting class. I mean, that's that's something that's going to be there each and every year. And um, if you can if you can get a really good addition, multi year addition doesn't necessarily have to be a grad transfer. Uh, all of a sudden we're having a different conversation. It's it's adding some more stress whether you're a fan, whether you're on the staff. Uh, more time to wait here, and there's going to be pressure on that transfer market, and you're starting here with Namari. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, you have some stars here already in Curbelo and Miller, I think, of the future, and I think s- supplementing that is good. It- it's goody, as you would say. Uh, but, yeah, you-, you might need another difference maker, I would feel like, to really feel good about 2021. All right, Derek, while I have you, if people are listening to this on uh, Tuesday morning leading into, or Tuesday, leading into another late night start against Northwestern, um, 
boy, we talked about Io's heroics, but that definitely changes the way we look at things. But I also think Michigan's win, comeback win over Wisconsin, changes the way we look at things because Illinois doesn't have much margin for error because that Michigan team is really good. I know they still have to play the top four. I know that. But I just think there's not many losses for that team unless, you know, all of a sudden it just – it would surprise me if that team loses more than four or five games, all right, um, even against the schedule they have. So Illinois needs to keep – consistency and they didn't have that against nebraska they have a superstar that bailed them out how do you feel about this game against northwestern that is just playing the toughest schedule i think i've ever seen in in college basketball history yeah uh you would hope that the nebraska game the fact that you got a real legit scare in that game and the fact that northwestern was up 15 on you in the first half in evanston that's kind of some fuel for the fire for Illinois, an Illinois team that needs to come out and uh, ask for more effort. They got to be, you know, ready to play. It, that wasn't the case in Lincoln. And uh, Brad has talked a lot about the rebounding effort that wasn't really there. And it's just still a team that scares you a little bit. Now, I get it. In the NCAA tournament, knowing the moment, knowing the stakes, I think this team will probably be up for that when it's a 215, a one versus a 16. Maybe that's still on the table. Uh, yeah, the only thing is none of them have been in that moment. So that, that's the only that's thing true. that's the only thing I'm concerned about. Like, I don't think I will be in the first game because Illinois is probably going to be at worst a three seed, in my opinion. So you'll be playing a 14. And I, I feel like Kofi and I are enough to get you through that, right? But like, yeah. if you were a four or a five seed, I think that would be an issue because these guys just haven't played on that stage. I know there's no fans this year so maybe it's a little different but you still know everyone in the country is watching you and that that's the only thing i I would worry about but i think their seed's gonna be high enough to where it shouldn't be a worry right this team just still gets a little little comfortable uh, a little whether they're not necessarily respecting who's on the other side now it happens there's a natural letdown for a lot of teams out there in the country I don't know if Baylor's really had one this year. They seem to just step on everybody's throats. Gonzaga had one against specific, and they still won by 18, so maybe that's a little bit different. Although they're not playing the same level of competition. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Northwestern couldn't handle handle you in that second half. You should be able to to take it to them. You're on your home floor, um, and you don't have very many of those opportunities left. But, yeah, back to the Michigan point, it was disappointing for Illinois that Michigan, especially in that first half, struggled. And for Wisconsin to kind of choke that one away was a missed opportunity for Illinois. And I think you're also concerned about that game not being scheduled yet. And there seems to be some concern or or just some angst about whether or not it is going to be. Yeah, like I've expressed confidence there. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't because it's Kevin Warren has not deserved that confidence yet. And uh, But the Big Ten has said that they want to get every team to play once. Right. And Illinois has an open week, basically the first week of March. And they've put the Nebraska game March 2nd or March 4th. There's no reason to make up that game first. Right. Like in Michigan, I I haven't looked ahead to their schedule quite yet. But if there is a game that you want to put on the priority list of making up, if you're the Big Ten and it should be the Big Ten making those decisions, not Michigan, like that's the game. And they don't have a game on March 2nd. So it's like, why why wouldn't that be scheduled right now, right? It, it should be scheduled. So maybe I'm just giving too much of the benefit of the doubt, and I shouldn't be. Um, but it just it makes too much rational sense to me. But at, as we know, these things aren't always rational. 
Uh, needs to happen. Needs to happen. Like, why wouldn't you have the two, like, two of the top four teams, right? They're definitely like, Michigan's going to be a top two team in the Big Ten. Uh, Illinois is going to be a top three, probably. So, why would you not make up that game? The season would be incomplete without that. It would be, it would seem impossible, assuming that Illinois is still within a decent range of, of Michigan. If it's within a game, at the end of the standings, those teams haven't played each other. How can you crown a champion? How can you say that Illinois is not if they would have had a chance to at least get a share of the Big Ten title by playing that game? So, Did you um, notice Brad today when he was asked about the Big Ten tournament? Like, he didn't seem very happy they're playing that. <laughs> like, um, it's just almost like, hey, why don't we just take that week to make up these extra games, which I think makes some sense. But then you think of the TV money, and that's that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. I understand it uh, as far as just gearing up for the the big deal. Uh, you know, yeah. the fact that you don't necessarily need that for your resume if you're Illinois. You probably go into conference championship week and probably be like you said, at worst a three seed if everything goes well. Michigan Ohio State's gonna be fun. Those two teams are really good. Both are really, really, really good. All right, Derek Piper. It's late at night. I'll give you. I'll bid you adieu. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Talk soon. Thanks, Derek. Yes, sir. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Great stuff with Derek Piper, Illini Inquirer. Yeah, maybe I have too much faith in the Big Ten. I, I, I probably have too much faith in rational things happening, but I, 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 that's just me. I'm sorry. I, I just feel like at the end... I probably shouldn't feel that. But anyway, great discussion there with Derek Piper about Ramsey's RJ Melendez and the class of 2021 that is shaping up for the Illini. Derek has a what it means. If you want more content on that, we'll have more on Illinois basketball against Northwestern as well. Joy Wagner has some pieces coming through. If you haven't, uh, he has a great piece right now up on the site about just how good this Big Ten is in Brad Underwood. Uh, at least according to Ken Palm, in the last 20-so years, uh, has been part of two of the three toughest leagues on record. Uh, so Brad has some interesting comments on that as well. I have a big piece I'm working on, and, and I think I'm going to really focus on it tomorrow, uh, about Illinois in-state recruiting and their pitch and reach outreach to high school coaches. I've talked to more than a half dozen coaches so far, and uh, th- their feedback has been really interesting. So I'm looking forward to putting that piece together. It's going to be a big one. Uh, but Joey and I also went back and forth on a chain mail talking about what's next for Illinois football as we head into the spring. That'll be up on the website uh, tomorrow morning. I'm recording this Tuesday. So if you wake up Wednesday, February 16th in a mound of snow, you can 
have uh, some fun reading that as well. Thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. And if you aren't a VIP member to the site yet, you can sign up for your first month for just $1 or you can get 30% off. Save more than $30 that way. Uh, If you sign up for a full annual membership, you get 30% off your first year. Thank you for listening to the Online Choir Podcast. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy the Illinois Northwestern game. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Choir Podcast.